Welcome to the Becoming Well podcast. Join Dr. Deb Gordon and Mary Hendrickson as they get real in wrestling with the topic of faith and mental health as we seek to understand what Jesus really means when he says, be well. So one thing I want to talk about in our podcast today, this is just something that I noticed um, happening recently among some of the students I supervise that are that are interns. It's this conversation around, so we're in the midst of a, of a global pandemic right now as we're recording this. And, um, and so one thing that was been interesting to me is that my, my interns are talking about the clients they're working with and just feeling like as their ongoing stress and anxiety persists, there isn't a great answer for what to do. Right. So they're feeling like they're these, they're these master validators. Like, yeah, it's really difficult to, to be confined inside. It's, it's really lonely. It can feel very discouraging. And then they're coming to me in supervision and feeling like, I'm not doing enough to alleviate this problem. Mm. And it just got me thinking about the importance and the impact of community on our mental health and well-being and how isolation and being outside of community can really perpetuate mental health, right? And, and, and feelings of depression or, um, you know, even insomnia or fear, frustration, boredom, anger, all these kind of things. And, you know, gosh, of course that connects so biblically to, um, I mean, even in Genesis, you hear, right, God created man and woman because it was not good for us to be alone. And so I'd love for us to just spend some time today talking about this topic of community and mental health and how isolation can have a detrimental impact on our mental health and well-being. Absolutely. And I love that we can talk about mental health and well-being in the sense that it doesn't mean, you know, we want to take the stigma off that people who are in isolation um, that already have, you know, uh, or already has a, di- you know, they have a diagnosis, then it's 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 bad. But people who don't have a quote unquote diagnosis, then they're better off. But isolation yeah. can affect when we say well-being, we mean an interruption. Right. Ooh, that's uh, good. Right. Say that one more time. When we mean well-being. We mean an interruption, right? Mm. That affects all of us. So, you know, sometimes when we listen to these type of podcasts, some people may turn it off or they may tune out if we're specifically talking about depression clinically, right? Mm-hmm. But people can have depressive symptoms based on what's going on in their life at that moment. Yeah. And that's why it's important. And I, I think that's why this conversation is so important because isolation can affect anyone's mental well-being. So true. I mean, I, I put myself out as a case study. I'm an introvert. I get a lot of energy being alone. Like right. I, I, I re-energize in that way. Yeah. And yet I've noticed in the midst of, so we've spent what, like three months in quarantine, I think in right. the midst of that, like I am definitely much more easily irritable. Right. <laughs> and I'm like craving being around people. Yeah. And it's funny, I had this conversation with somebody not too recently and they, they shared a similar sentiment. They said, you know, I'm an introvert. And, and when the quarantine first started, um, I, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was intriguing. It was, yeah, yes. it was heaven. It was like, okay, I've got time. I've got space <laughs> right, to, right. to, to do the things I want to do to read and to, and to do all these things. And, and they said, and I thought this was so, I completely resonated with this. They said, now I just want to get together with a bunch of my friends and sit around a campfire. Yeah. And now we don't have to talk. Right. But I just want to be in their presence. <laughs> just be- and 
Yeah, that's community. Right. And you know what? And it's so funny because I think when certain people hear us talk, they wouldn't pick us (laughs) being introverts. But we're we're not shy. We're social, but we're into we we get tired of y'all fast. But (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) I am a, a an uber introvert. Right. Where I'm textbook. (laughs) Right. Where you literally can see when my battery is going down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Okay, And so when the the uh, when we got uh, on put on lockdown, I did vacillate between feeling good and feeling bad. I'm like feeling bad because this is a bad thing. But feeling good, like, oh, my gosh, like I don't have to be responsible. People don't have to I don't have to interact. Interact. I don't have to be ready for some type of conversation that I didn't want to be ready for. I don't have to go to this party, right? Even though I love that person, but I didn't want to go to your party, right? (laughs) What's that t-shirt people wear now? I'm late because I didn't really want to come. Because I didn't really want to come, right? So I'm that kind of person that's like, please cancel, please cancel. Oh, I'm sorry. I was looking so forward to it, you know? (laughs) But it had to hit about a month ago where... You know, I start, we have our dog, Benny. And so we started walking Benny and, you know, we're in our mask to Mariano's. And I'm like, hi, you know, <laughs> saying hi to people that, you know, I saw a meme on Facebook and it said, you know, I'm at this point where I actually want to hang out with people that I don't even get along with, you know, <laughs> I don't even know if I like, you know, <laughs> you know, but, but it is this thing where it's on a serious note, it really can make an impact on your just a, 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 your uh an interruption or disruption on how on your day-to-day activities and the continuity yeah. of that is disrupted right yeah. so even if that's mental and it, it's physical but then it, it messes with your mental so i've you know because i'm an introvert i know the set times where i need to get myself ready mentally come to work teach all day have my break and then have my, you know, rest of the day with my students and all that. But I've mentally prepared that, that you know, mm-hmm. that schedule for years, right? But then it's disrupted now and we're thrown into this whole different way of living. But I am not mentally prepared for that, okay? Yeah. Whether you're introverted or extroverted, okay? Even right. I would imagine that extroverted people, like, you know, we're introverted, but extroverted people, that can play a lot more on their mental health as well because they're used to community, right? And they're used oh, and, and easing into community and needing that that uh, relationship is so important, you know? But it's an, it's a disruption in our mental, not just day-to-day life, it's a, it's a disru- disruption in our, in, in you know, uh, psychologically for us, right? Yeah. We're just like, wow, you know, that person I can't go see and that person I can't talk to or, you know, all of these different things that we have to actually adjust that takes a toll on us. Yeah. It's that, it's that uncertainty, right? I saw somebody shared with me on social media recently, and I don't know if this is true or not, but it was interesting. Mm -hmm. It's something along the lines of people with anxiety will watch the same shows over and over again because it's predictable. And a huge part of what stimulates and causes their anxiety is the unknown and the uncertainties of life. And what was the middle of this pandemic, but absolute uncertainty, right? We don't know when the quarantine is going to end. We don't know if there's going to be a vaccine. We don't know if somebody that we know is going to get sick or even worse, tragically lose their life in the midst of this pandemic. We don't know about jobs and when we're able to be in our community again. And so I do think this this isolation Mm -hmm. that, that came from this pandemic 
uh, for those that have underlying mental health concerns, mm-hmm. it it absolutely amplified those because there was this greater sense of uncertainty. Yes. And that, and we have to think about that in terms of what that would look like when we are living with people under the same roof, right? Mm -hmm. And how to care for them and how to care for ourselves, right? So I think that's the part of the isolation and, you know, that's part of this discussion. How do we care for ourselves? Because uh, it is inevitable that we are going to suffer some type of um, mental health. And I, and I don't mean that on a massive scale necessarily. And some, you know, it is, it has been shown that since the pandemic and since we've been in isolation, that mental health issues has skyrocketed, skyrocketed right? Yeah. Um, but so how do we address that? How do we take care of ourselves, but also be in community with other people that, you know, are going through the same thing, but they are exhibiting maybe different symptoms. Yeah. You know? Well, and I wonder, as you're saying this, what comes to mind is, you know, again, we talk a lot about in our podcast, mm-hmm. the stigma of mental health and how we hope and pray that just us having this conversation will invite others into, um, into the conversation as well around mental health. But I can't help but think of, you know, for, for, for those of us that are navigating depression and anxiety in the midst of, of, of this period of isolation that perhaps we're not willing to talk about it because of the ongoing stigma. stigma. Yes. And I think about, you know, I've shared this before. This is a very personal part of my story, but my mom who, who, who tragically took her life, you know, I remember as she was battling mental illness so many times sh- her sharing that she didn't feel like she could talk about it. Yes. She, she, you know, she was involved in her church. She, um, she was a counselor herself. And mm-hmm. so it was this idea of if I share that I'm struggling, mm-hmm. people will see me as inadequate, as incapable, right. as a failure. Ugh. Right. And especially within the church. And right. so I just can't help but think as more people are navigating in this experience of isolation, which I think we can, we can generalize, right? Like, as you said, pandemic or not, we're all going to go through periods where we're not in a healthy community. Right. And so what does it look like to a, be the person that's, that's willing to take that, that risk and be vulnerable and open up and share with our community. I'm struggling. Yes. But on the flip side, be the community that comes around and says, hey, how are you doing? Right. And, and, and actually want you to tell the truth. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Not like the, I'm good. Thanks. Right. Okay, bye. God is good. Won't he do it? Oh. You know, <laughs> he is and he will. <laughs> but that's not the and. question I asked you. <laughs> you know, but that's that idea that we have to have it all together. Mm-hmm. Right. If yeah. it's not yeah. joy. That means there's some kind of indictment on your Christianity, your walk. You need to get it together and make yeah. sure that you get your walk right. And that's not fair because we even see, you know, we it's been shown in the Bible that Jesus demonstrated all types of emotions. When he was flipping over tables, I would not describe that as joy. so you know and the other thing too is i love you know i love how the scriptures they don't say you know be joyful i'm thinking of specifically the verse in philippians it says consider joy consider so to me when i think about that it's it's a discipline yes right it's not it's not a oh if you're not feeling joyful in the moment you're not your, your, your walk with God isn't, isn't well, or you're not trusting him enough. No, it's okay. How do I begin to 
intentionally shift my mindset to consider what might be the joyful experiences in the midst of these incredibly challenging circumstances I'm confronted with. Not only that, but I would say, I think this is a huge misconception we have, and now I'm on my soapbox, but we oftentimes think that only one emotion can exist in our lives. Right. Don't you think maybe Jesus in the moment could, was, was righteously angry. Yes. But joyful in knowing the total truth of of scripture and creation and all those things that we don't have the privilege of knowing right now. Right. And you know what? And I say this in my um, counseling skills class, right? Because oftentimes, and we've talked about this in past podcasts, um, especially if you were raised in the church, you typically will just commit to one emotion that's acceptable, right? And what we will do as Christians, we will separate who Christ is and how, and his personality and who he was and how he came down and how he exhibited who he was on earth from um, this idea of him and how we mm-hmm. are supposed to be. And so one of the exercises that I ask them to do, I want you guys to get in groups and I want you to, here's a list of emotions. I want you to find a scripture that represents this emotion right? That Jesus displayed because it's important to know that he gave us all of these things, right? The, the, the anger that is, that's, that is, that's our warriors. Those are the ones that are game changers. They change the world, but you know, and, but then we have the, the ones that grieve. Those are the counselors, right? The ones that are empathic that, and he Mm. displayed just within himself, all of these different emotions, but he showed us how to use them. That's yeah. what we need to think about. Not that we're not going to have them. And you made a point, Deb, that, you know, be joyful or consider it, you know, whenever he says be or consider it. He also is saying that he understands that we're not going to always be in that space. Therefore, I'm going to give you instructions on how to live and get into that space. Do you know what I mean? Oh, so good. Yeah. And so, Why would it be in the Bible if we're not going to deal with it? Right. right. So. Why would anxiety be in the Bible if we're not going to deal with it? Right. And you did such—your intro was so, you know, good in terms of, you know, we we talk about anxiety and we talk about that disruption and lack of control and that anxiety and what that means. It's that lack of control and lack of, you know, like you said, watching TV is there's this continuity and there's this expectation that you you know what's going to happen, right? And we're we're now— you know, within the throes of this, but what I want you, I want to ask you, and then I'll give, I'll be the case study too. I'm not just going to throw you as a case study for yourself as, you know, maybe a therapist or, you know, just how do you, how have you handled your uh, mental health or dealt with your mental health in the midst of what's going on right now Mm. or in the midst of isolation in general, but maybe we'll make it specific. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I will be honest. I think there are there have been probably more failures than than healthy decisions. And part of it was like just initially, I thought, okay, I'm just gonna put my nose to the grind and mm. just kind of keep my routine, keep busy, and and ignore some of the warning signs. And then, like I said, like my irritability increased, my patience level decreased, mm. my my maybe kind of toddler style outbursts <laughs> a bit more <laughs> frequent. Um, and it certainly didn't help. You know, we live in Chicago. And and so when did isolation start? It started mid-March. Well, for, but that for us is the winter. Right. <laughs> it's not like we could go outside and... We weren't and, on the beach. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> but I've got to say, 
as we've switched to warmer climates, I have made a very intentional habit of getting outside. And I mm. think that is so critical. Yeah. You know, I think we, we neglect to realize how much nature and sunlight and vitamin yes. D are so critical yes. to our mental health and well-being. Yes. Um, I think the other thing was, you know, I'm a big proponent, you know this about me, but of, of this concept called radical acceptance. Mm-hmm. And and so I think part of it was radically accepting that my circumstances weren't what I wanted them to be, yeah. but that didn't mean I had no options. Good. That's good. I like that. And Say that again one more time. So my circumstances back. weren't what I wanted them to be, but I that didn't mean I didn't have options. I, I did that. have options. Yeah. And, and, you know, part of it's recognizing, okay, this is not this is not a permanent state of functioning. While I do think we are going to have residual impact from this pandemic that will stay with us and maybe some good things like people learning to actually wash their hands and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. But I think, you know, I think that, so, all right, we have technology. Like I do have access to a computer and a phone and internet so I can connect with people uh, on a regular basis. I can do Zoom calls with my friends. and But then I can also recognize that there's this thing now called Zoom fatigue and that it's okay to actually say no yeah. to to that and, right, and right. you know, to being on technology all the time. Um, and and that, that kind of bleeds into another thing, setting boundaries and mm-hmm. saying no to things. Gosh, I found, okay, so I'm single and I already, as a result of that, I think put a lot of my identity and worth in my work. Mm and overwork because I feel like I got the time to do it and not the distractions. Mm. And man, did that amplify in the midst of isolation. Talk to me about that. How so? So it's like, well, now instead of actually commuting to work, I get up. I don't have to spend a lot of time getting ready because nobody's going to see me. (laughs) And Zoom has this really awesome filter called make you look better. (laughs) Yes, please. (laughs) So like minimal grooming in the morning and then I just commute to the next room. Yeah, And my office is right there. And so there wasn't that physical distinction between work and home. All of a sudden it all became morphed together. Wow. Okay. And so I was working all the time Yeah. and taking much, much less frequent breaks, walking less. Mm. Um, I would say maybe one, one healthy outcome was my kitchen was right there. So I cooked more Mm. and I tried to cook healthier and that was important. But yeah, yeah, so I think there were multiple times where I got really close to burnout and my Mm. stress levels were high. Um, And I kept hearing two people, this, this didn't affect me as much, but it did some like heard a lot of people saying that their sleep and their dreams were impacted yeah. in the midst of this, like nightmares yes. or restless sleep. And I, I definitely found myself and, and still sometimes do like waking up super early and, and immediately just feeling anxious mm-hmm. when I wake up like that. And when I talk about anxious, I'm like the racing for me, my anxiety manifests thoughts. is like the racing thoughts, yeah. that like terrible feeling in the pit of my stomach. Mm. And like the pounding heart rate, like the kind that you can like feel in your neck. Right, right. Yes. yes. <laughs> what is happening with me right now? Yeah. So I would wake up like with that immediate reaction. And it was difficult for mm. me um, to, to kind of come down from that. And so, you know, recognizing like, okay, I do think, and, and this is, this is controversial. So I want to be very cautious now I say this, but I do think that there is a balance in the midst of situations like the pandemic that we faced of being cautious, mm. but not functioning out of fear. Yeah. Oh, you don't, you don't started something. You don't start <laughs> something. 
whole another podcast as well. <laughs> right. All right. We got one. We got another one on the list. We got another one. Yeah. Right? Yes. So I realized, okay, I, I, and I read this actually in an article somewhere about people creating like their, their, their COVID tribes, like mm. those that would commit to seeing each other, but not seeing other people. Mm. And so they knew they could kind of trace who they became, in, who they came in contact with. And so I realized I need a COVID tribe. I need mm. a group of people that I can connect with socially distanced, wearing my mask, yeah. but I cannot function out of fear of leaving my house. Yeah. And that, because that re, that, you know, that recreates or re-traumatizes us as well, right? Yeah. We, we are feeding into that. Um, and, and you're right. It's very sensitive because we definitely want to be responsible, but, um, you know, without going on a tangent about, you know, a future podcast, that, that, that's my biggest thing, right? I'm mm. already someone who, who's anxious, Right. I'm already someone who's anxious. So feeding off of that fear made it worse for me to a point where I was paralyzed. I remember being downstairs one. It was on a Wednesday because I remember I got off a specific phone call and I just couldn't get up. Like I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. I couldn't. Reach out. I just kind of sat in my chair downstairs in our basement and just couldn't understand how to get out of this rut. And I was feeling like you, I feel anxious. And so what happens with me, I get stomach aches. Mm, um, And, you know, you know, the physiological symptoms uh, similar to yours in terms of heart pounding and stuff. And Craig came downstairs. My husband came downstairs and he's like, are you okay? And I was just like, I just can't shake this, you know? And that's something that we have to think about when we talk about tribes too, is that those are the terms that we have to know our friends. Okay. I can't shake this. Oh, that's so good. Right. Because it's cultural too. And when I say cultural, that's not limited to race. It's it's, it's your cultural family, the way that you actually express these things, right? Or when you say it and you're not sure what's going on, those are the triggers of saying yes okay I can't shake this or I just feel weird I don't feel like myself those are the things we need to listen for with our COVID tribe you know and 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 understand how we can actually not be so isolated because oftentimes we will stay isolated if we don't know the language of the person that we're with or we don't even know what our own language means you know and I did I came down I was just like I just cannot shake it even as a therapist where we have this plethora of synonyms you know, of how we, of emotions, I couldn't even come up with this clinical thing that was happening to me. Oh, I hold just up. You're, you're not it. perfect when it comes to mental I health know, as a therapist. I, girl, so, that, so we have like four podcasts coming up already. <laughs> <laughs> just but FYI, public service announcement. Right. Hey, but you know what? <laughs> Let's talk about that just for a second, though. Just for a second. Yeah. But that is one of the things, because you, you alluded to that with your mom, right? Because she yeah. was a therapist. Yeah. And the idea that we can't be real and honest puts us even further in isolation. Oh, so, right? so true. Yeah. Because it's like, so it's for me, I had the similar, I have a similar feeling like, oh my goodness, I'm a Christian and I'm a therapist. You need to have it together. Mm-hmm. And if you show that you haven't handled something the way it should be handled, because I don't know if you get this, Deb, you're a therapist, you should know this. You know, even if it's just in the midst of them telling a story. Oh, I know you know this. You're a therapist, right? And it's just like, well, maybe I don't know. I don't know, (laughs) you know, but it puts me, I feel like it puts more pressure on me, you know, being a therapist as well as a Christian, because it's saying you are the, you know, this is your job. This is what you You do. You should have it all together. And I'm like, well, unless my name is Jesus, it's not even (laughs) Jesus. Like, (laughs) 
What does that even mean? Right. I got to say, Mary, like I I know you. And so I I know I can say this, but I would, I would say there's a third layer in that. And again, this can be a whole podcast too, but right. Like as a woman of color, I think there's that additional pressure that you face of feeling like I've got to represent my, my community well in that sense too. And so absolutely. But there's, yeah, the pressure we are, we are like inside pressure cookers. Uh, seriously, seriously, where and, and I think that's what was happening when Craig saw me downstairs. Where I was just, I can't do this anymore. I can't say the right thing. And I love and thank you so much for bringing that in, Deb. Um, and that's one of the things about you know doing podcasts like this because it, it, it's this idea of oh, I don't want to say too much about this or say too much about that, um, even though it impacts me quite a bit, right? And mm-hmm. having to wear that mask as a therapist and a black woman and feeling that. You know, whether it's self-inflicted or whether it's somewhere where, you know, there is this pressure of having it together as a black woman. You grow up or as a black person, you grow up if you're going into any space, especially a space that um, you're the other. um, Mm -hmm. You have the pressure to be the biggest and the baddest and you better be better. Right. So no matter what you're feeling like you're coming in and you are making sure people know that you can measure up and you can actually be on the top notch and you're 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 um, you've made it to the table or you have done the work so you can sit at the table with us. So imagine and you better not lose your seat at the you table. You better not lose your seat at the table because if you do, your whole race lost a seat at the table. Yeah, yeah. Right? So on top, so I have that Christian piece, that 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 counseling piece, and then on top of that, that that feelings of having that burden to represent my whole race. And this is not this is not a me thing. This is prevalent amongst African Americans. That sends me inward as someone who's who suffered from depression that sends me into isolation and oftentimes anxiety as well because I can't carry that burden yeah I can't carry that burden now half of that is but is is um I won't even say half of that what I've learned during this time during isolation when I have to when I think about all of that is it's up to me and I'm allude to what you said before is to set boundaries Mm-hmm. is to understand that I can't carry all that. It's to be honest that I can't carry all that. Do you know what I mean? I'm not yeah. saying that society is not, I don't put everything on a person. I don't put everything on a society. There's there's a you know a whole relationship with that. But what I can do when I'm feeling isolated and when I'm feeling pressured and when I don't feel like I have control, such as what's going on now, I have to think about, okay, what can I do and what can I control? I know it sounds so cliche, but that's really the realistic part of it. What can I control, right? And one of the things I can control is me being realistic and authentic to myself. Mm -hmm. I can't be everybody's anything. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I can't keep rescuing and or coming to the rescue and sacrificing my mental health so I can carry your mental health. You can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. Right? And as Christians, we struggle with that whether it's been the message that we've been told over and over again right like you're a servant leader you're you're love love your neighbors you love yourself how are you loving your neighbor um sacrifice is is what we're called to do and yet it's just you know look at jesus's ministry we're all about being jesus demonstrating jesus the dispositions of jesus the man took so many Sabbaths. Right. He was, like, listen, I'm, I got, I'm, I'm going to chill. Out. So y'all right. do what you do. Take care of the fort. <laughs> and I'm going to know if you messed up, but I'm going to go yeah. over here and talk to my dad. 
Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. For like 30 days. Right. <laughs> right. I'm, out. I'm gone for a while. <laughs> right. We're tripping about five minutes, right? He was like, no, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm on a vacation, yeah. not a staycation, you know? And, but that's the real thing. And that's the thing. And I always say that, like, if he needed rest or he knew the, uh, he understood what rest and self-care meant, how much more do us mere mortals need? Do you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and where do we get our focus? Where do we get our energy? Where do we get our health? Where we get to where do we get our where's our source? It's in him. Yeah. So if yeah. we are isolated or are we in a or if we're in a space that we can't control um what we can do or you know if physically, you know, or we can't go here or we can't go there, we can always go to him. Mm-hmm. To get mm-hmm. that, to get that understanding, to get that, 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 you know, that, that life. And that's one of the things that I will say, like when you're thinking about isolation, especially during this time, if you want to be specific or in just gener- in general, one of the things that I learned, Deb, and this is real. I, I had to sit down and think, what is God doing during this time? And not yeah. on a global scale. What is he doing with me? Right. Mm-hmm. And on a global scale, you know, that's where all the theological arguments that I, I can't do all that. Right. But for me, what is he doing? Or for his people, what is he doing? Yeah. I really had to think about that. I remember sitting on my deck and I was, what is he, what is he trying to show me or his people? And he wanted, he said, I want you back. I want Ooh. you back. Because just like you, Deb, oftentimes I will alleviate my, alleviate my anxiety just to go, go, go and just put my nose to the ground because then that distracts me. Right. Yeah. And he said, I want you back. You're, you're, you, you've, you, you and I, we need to, we need to rekindle this relationship, mm. right? I need you to slow down. You're thinking about too many things, which causes, ironically, anxiety. Right. <laughs> right? We feed it, don't we? We feed it. And so during this, you know, during this time or during times of isolation, and I'm not saying it's easy. I want people to, when they hear me, it's not easy. I will never say as a Christian, well, just get in the good book and Get to praying, you know. <laughs> That's true. I'll vouch for it. You would never say I that. I would never say that. And I love the good book, y'all. Don't get it wrong. But the I understand that we're human and sometimes it's hard to reconnect with our father yeah. for various yeah. reasons. Hurt, pain. You feel far from him. So you even feel like you can't go to him or whatever. You're distracted. Mm-hmm. He was like, I need, I, I, I need you to take this time. Yeah. And it's, and, and, and it's okay to bring all of that with you. Yeah, say All it. of those say fears, it. the yes. distractions. Yes. It's so, it's okay. Yes. And I love, so going back to this idea of, of, of isolation and how it impacts us and the need for community, mm-hmm. to me, almost what we're saying is more than ever, mm-hmm. we need boundaries. And I we're noticing that, yep. I think, even in the midst of isolation, as our priorities are now front and center, the yes. things that we value, right? We, we, we're coming out of yes. this, well, I don't know that we're coming out of it, but we're in the midst of this pandemic and we're faced with, with, with huge loss. Yes. And what we value most is now blatantly obvious, hopefully. Yes. And so we, we do have to set those boundaries. Yes. And I think one of the things that, that prevents us from doing that is the fear of what we lose in setting a boundary, right? Yeah. What we what oh. happens when we say no? Yes. We're we're a gain oriented. We are a uh, achievement oriented society. We don't think about losses, but I, right. I think it's critical that we examine. I think this is kind of what you were saying: is 
when we set a boundary, there is going to be a loss. In fact, it doesn't matter. Any That's decision right. we make involves a loss. That's right. Every single one. That's right. Um, but when we can actually consider, hey, if I don't set this boundary, I'm also losing. And am I willing to incur that loss? Yes. And um, and and it's going to involve. So saying no or setting a boundary. I know you and I have both been in these positions. We disappoint people. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. We 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 feel bad. We might feel disappointed ourselves because mm-hmm. it may be something we really wanted to commit to. Mm-hmm. But all of those outcomes don't mean that the decision was wrong. Right. To set that boundary. Right. And and I love too this idea that you're saying of. Of you know, God inviting you back into this relationship, or not, or or, or just reminding you that yeah. that He desires that deep intimacy with you. And yeah. I think for me too, it's been a moment or a season of of asking myself, what motivates this yes? Mm. And to be totally honest, mm. even though it's not at the forefront of my mind, it's pride. It's pride. It's it thinking is for like, me well, too. nobody else is going to do it, or mm. I've got to, or you know, people are depending on me. Yeah. Yeah, but that that's also saying, well, then God, in my mind, deep down, it's saying, well, God's not going to take care of it or mm, can't take care of it, which is complete then. crap. Right, right. <laughs> it's a total lie. Yeah. And because so, mine is, it's when, you know, when I, do, when I can't say no, um, or if I say no and I feel bad, my, deep down for me, it's usually fear. So yeah, if I say yeah. yes, it's usually, oh, man, like, what if they don't, you know, don't like me? later? Or what if they can't depend on me later? Or what if I'm a bad daughter? That's my biggest fear. I'm a bad daughter. I'm a bad wife. I'm a bad Mm -hmm. friend. I'm a bad this, that they're they're going to, you know, rate me a specific way. Now, one thing God told me in that within my boundaries, I can't control that, right? But one of the things that my therapist was talking about when we were having the same conversation, he was like, Mary, it's time for you to start honoring yourself. Ooh, that's good. Do you know what I mean? It's time for you to, when you set boundaries, you're honoring yourself. Where did you, and you know, we had to, you know, we we were unpacking where I, you know, where it, did it all start when I just felt like I have to give of myself to earn their love and earn their mm-hmm. respect. And sometimes strangers, right? Sometimes I'm okay where I'm like, well, didn't, you know, but there are times where I will not say no because of fear of rejection, right? And so yeah. for, like you said, pride, rejection, a lot of that is you know, what um, often causes us to not have boundaries. And mm-hmm. when we're in isolation, having those boundaries, going back, having those boundaries are is wonderful because you're going back to what matters is what I hear you yeah. saying. Yeah. And what matters when you're going back to what matters and start honoring what matters and start seeing this during this pandemic, then you're going to inevitably have boundaries. Yep. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you know yeah. what I mean? And that goes back to that piece of, you know, like you said, Craig, knowing you, I just love that. Knowing your language, knowing how you communicate. I mean, I think about my, my sister, my best friend, they, they text each other about me. And sometimes I'm like, um, I'm sorry, what, what's going on? But they know me so well. And, you know, my, I live with my best friends, my roommate, my, my sister lives in another state and it doesn't matter. They pick up on, it's like they have a, a, a Deb six, Sense. And yes. they're like, something's off with Deb. Yeah. What's going on? How's she doing? Yeah. And they start texting each other. Is she okay? Checking in. <laughs> and they know it's, it's like you said, Craig knows you. Yes. And that's where that community piece is so important. Mm-hmm. And just to bring it full circle, yes. if we're not setting those boundaries, we're oftentimes 
probably neglecting community in addition to neglecting ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then our community isn't speaking into us and the areas that we need to address in our own lives. Mm -hmm. And it perpetuates the cycle, just like with our anxiety, we feed it Mm -hmm. by doing more, Mm -hmm. which ultimately makes us more anxious. So that's so good. Yeah, I this love, is good. Yeah, this is, you know, I loved this discussion. Just to kind of wrap it up, though, what I let me ask you this. What do you think if we were to give our audience maybe one or two things that they can think about while we are in this space that we're in right now? You know, and if they're feeling isolated, like what are two things that you think would be helpful for them? Mm. So I think one is, again, this idea of radical acceptance, mm. right? And and I want to be clear, oftentimes people hear radical acceptance and they go to resignation. Like, I just got to give up and mm. wave my white flag of surrender. And this is just how it's always going to be. That is not radical acceptance. Radical yeah. acceptance is, okay, these are my circumstances. Yeah, And it's important for us is I love how you describe Jesus being Uh, a a man of emotion, like God gifted us with emotion for a purpose. And so what are the emotions that accompany that? My circumstances right now, I'm, I'm grieving, I'm anxious, I'm angry and, and recognizing and validating those emotions, but also recognizing what are the things I can do in the midst of my circumstances Mm -hmm. right now? And they may not be what you want to do. They may not be what you would pick if you were in control, but thank goodness none of us ultimately are, because that would be right, a, a much bigger disaster right. than a global <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> but but to say, okay, in the midst of this, in the midst of my circumstances and all the emotions that come with it, what can I do? I would say that, yeah. that's key. And then the second piece would be, okay, and out of the those circumstances, where do you need to set boundaries? Yes. I love it. Thank you. And I'll just tack on to that and then we can Close up. Just this is, in- good. this is like a therapy session. I know. So I can't wait to hear what you're going to say because I'm I'm like I'm a pen and paper. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The thing that I would say is to be kind to yourself. It sounds so mm-hmm. simplistic because once you're doing what you talked about in terms of being authentic, saying this is where I'm at, being okay with experiencing these emotions and being okay with uh, expressing these emotions, we have to not judge that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, we we were in a habit of judging and rating the emotion, and then we'll make up for it. I'm this, I'm this, and that. But God is good, and He is. But what you're doing is trying to cover up what you're really feeling, and in our authenticity, authenticity, and saying this is where I'm at. That's where mm-hmm. the healing begins. So there's this space of just kind of sitting in our junk per se, but also being kind to that. Oh, that's so good. I love that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, once again, we've solved all the world's problems. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Tell me like that's how we wrap up today. You're welcome, bro. Right. Tune in next time. We'll Bye-bye. solve all your problems again. <laughs>